In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. Taking our Lord's recommendation to heart to read the signs of the times and to read into the hand of God. I am not preaching this meditation with a physical audience. In the archdiocese, public liturgical celebrations have been suspended on occasion of the outbreak of the coronavirus. So I pray with you in the silence of my office. And the Lord wants us to see his providential love in every circumstance, every situation. Our Lord loves us infinitely. In fact, when we pray, Jesus says, say Father or say Our Father. And the purpose of that phrase is to reflect anytime we speak to the Lord and think about the Lord and try to intuit and perceive his will, always with the predisposition that I recognize his love for me. That my God is not only a supreme being that is all-powerful and all-knowing, but he is my father with a heart of a father and a mother, as the prophets of the Old Testament teach. It is easy to see the providence of God when we enjoy good health, when we are financially secure, when events go our way. And not that we push that aside. We are always grateful for what is pleasant, what is fulfilling, what gives us a natural joy and thrill. But the God who loves us through the positive circumstances and situations is the same God who loves us when we encounter contradiction, suffering, uncertainty, albeit interior anxiety that should not be permanent. And we could ask that question, and we should. 
He's my loving father. He's not a God who is distant. He, the closest human relationship, barring a spousal love, is the relationship between a son or daughter with his or her father and mother. Where's the love in this? Where's the providence in this? Well, let's read a phrase from our Lord's parable of the vine and the branches, where Jesus explains that in order to bear more fruit, the Father, and he uses the word Father relatively often, he refers to God the Father, driving home how much God loves us. And he reveals the purpose of the cross, the purpose of a mishap, of contradiction, of pain. Every branch of mine that bears no fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Let's establish what fruitfulness means in this context. It doesn't mean a plethora of successes and accomplishments, let alone a mountain of pleasures. But it does mean a greater union and intimacy with Jesus Christ. And so Jesus himself reveals that the branch, some branches will be severed. That severing is an image of suffering. And you need to make an act of faith. Those professionals who prune trees and, and bushes and trim them, sometimes they... Uh, go so far that you have to make a huge act of faith that this thing really has a future. And um, I've seen that happen where, and you're even paying for it, these professional landscapers trim your bushes and trim your tree, and there's more branch severed than the actual tree uh, still in existence. But in a matter of months, that trimming, that pruning, pays off. Our Lord uses the same kind of analogy. And so that what goes on is the branches that remain are more united to the trunk and they receive the energy, the nutrients of the vine in a much more effective way. And they express the the vine in a much more concentrated way. And I would say the most prominent fruit that Jesus refers to is a derivation of charity, which we call joy. It's that fruit of the Holy Spirit that is mentioned most in the Gospels and most associated with Jesus himself. Joy and peace. And it comes across counterproductive. 
or counterintuitive. Suffering and joy seems, seem to clash. But it's not a suffering for its own sake that the Lord wills. God, who is infinitely loving, does not will that we suffer. He is not gloating over this predicament, this collective difficulty of trying to stem the tide of this pandemic. Jesus, who is the physical, the incarnational expression of the infinite love of God the Father, he he reveals his compassion constantly and his compassion in the face of human suffering. So we ask the Lord, Lord, enlighten me why this severe difficulty that is crippling our country's economy, the worldwide economy. Lord, why is that? And why, at least in these circumstances, the sacraments are not easily accessible? Liturgies have been canceled. It's more difficult to receive the Eucharist. It's difficult to receive the Sacrament of Reconciliation, and so forth. Lord, why this? And the sickness also takes human lives. The sickness can be lethal. And without a huge effort, the pandemic could skyrocket for that reason that everybody's virtually uh, secluded and the possibility of milling around and traveling and going about one's ordinary work has been extremely curtailed. We ask that question. And we apply those words of Jesus Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Lord, enlighten us some more. And how can the prospect of losing one's life in the face of this illness, how can that be positive? And we would be fooling ourselves if we said we understand the ways of God in every sense of the word. But God's ways are not darkness. They're mysterious. But there are there is the light in those plans of God. We have to use that reference that he severs the branch so that we bear more fruit. We are in a noisy culture. We are collectively overly programmed. 
we are like a magnet for information. We value gleaning many experiences. Many of us are always on the go. Professional life is very demanding and many times involves long hours. And those long hours are translated into a decent salary. We, everyone enjoys interacting with friends and families at a good restaurant, a cafe. All that has come to a grinding halt. Lord, why? It's meant to lead us to focus on the one thing necessary. The purpose of Christianity, the purpose of the life of Jesus and his, the Paschal mystery, which involves his death and resurrection, is to lead us to the fullness of life, which comes after we leave this world. I remember, it happens a number of times, I've been at this work for many years, and I'm never totally used to seeing people die, nor do I ever want to be. And I'm never used to seeing people suffering. I've seen a lot of that. I've anointed them, accompanied them in their last months, weeks, days, hours. And I remember one case. This uh, younger woman was suffering from a terminal illness, and she was distraught, understandably so. And she said, well, you're a priest, and your prayers are especially effective. Will you pray for a miracle? If we believe, we'll get a miracle. And I received delight, uh, knowing that that request would not be met. So I answered her, and I said, listen, sure, I'll, I'll love to pray with you, and love to see you cured. Uh, and I try to lighten things up a bit. And I said, well, there's also a plan B. And she says, what's plan B? And I said, plan B is stands for better. And, and what's better is that you enjoy a blissful happiness with God in the afterlife. And she became very upset, realizing that deep down inside, I didn't think praying for a miracle would be effective in her case. And she was upset. She was weeping. I was shaken, but I tried to hide it. And uh, I told her in a gentle way, but at the same time in a clear way. I said, listen, we're all terminal. 
It's a question of when. And I said, you're a Catholic just like me. Do you believe that heaven is the ultimate happiness and that is the purpose of living here on earth? Purpose of ultimate purpose of our faith is to get there and to be blissfully happy. Do you buy into that? And she says, yes, i got to buy into it more. I said, well, I understand your sorrow, but on another level, it can't just be all sorrow. You really, ideally, you should be looking forward to that kind of happiness, even though I totally understand that it's an unknown, but you should be eager for that happiness. Plan B is better. Long story short, it did work. Yes, she did pass away, but very peacefully and joyfully. Not that we have to be so draconian in our thoughts about this virus. If you're of a younger age, you know, you're in good shape. If you're a little bit older, well, it's uh, a little bit more challenging. We'll leave it at that. But it kind of invites us to focus on what is really important and what really fulfills us. And with this imposed time of silence, we're not doing what we usually do, and hopefully that will not be excessively long, I need to examine myself and ask myself, has my time management focused, has it focused on Christ? Has it focused on love for others? Has it focused on my spiritual life? And I, I may have the Martha syndrome. The Lord says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious about many things, but only one thing is necessary. Martha, even though she lived 2,000 years ago as a Jewish woman, she really was a, a Jewish American, uh, very active, wanted to get the job done. Even though God came over her house for dinner, she still was uh, immersed in anxious activity. And not that we shouldn't be active and not that we shouldn't be busy, but have I given a prominent place to my spiritual life, which is really what's most important. And it's a beautiful thing. People are suffering because of the absence of the Eucharist. And I can't help but consider generations of heroic disciples of Jesus under dangerous persecution when many of our brothers and sisters of the past have been deprived of the Eucharist because of persecution, because it was dangerous to be caught attending Mass, saying Mass, receiving the Eucharist. That these heroes of God, heroines of God, show us how, what a treasure the Eucharist is. And 
being deprived. I mean, if God consulted me, I'd say, you know, what, whatever you do, don't deprive people of the Eucharist. But God knows best and loves infinitely. And he wants us to see the Eucharist as a treasure. And maybe I have taken it for granted, this great treasure, this access every day, but now that access has been uh, severely limited. And now it's time to really reflect on what that Eucharist is and, and look forward to receiving that Eucharist and fostering the disposition that I will always, I'm going to never take it for granted, I'm going to receive the Lord as if it's my last time. This time of limited activity reminds me of St. Josemaria's younger days when he was in hiding in Madrid trying to escape the thousands and thousands of executions of priests and religious and he was holed up in a Honduran consulate for a good number of months. He was in different places during that period of time between 36 and 38 Um, and he basically said that this is a very valuable time to grow on the inside and that this growth on the inside, this protracted prayer, this discomfort that led him to unite himself to the cross of Jesus, St. Paul calls the cross of Jesus the power of God, this was an investment for a mass evangelization an evangelization that we are noticing the exponential effects right now. It's a time to spend time with loved ones and to foster greater fraternity, greater family life. And using the text messages and the emails and the phone calls to focus on people, to be creative in this very special time of reflection, of examination of conscience, of greater appreciation of prayer, of the Holy Eucharist, of the Sacrament of Reconciliation. And we also take this opportunity, not that we are now on retreat, what else would God want me to do? Perhaps he wants me to cultivate uh, knowledge of the faith, reading spiritual books, theology books, or developing my appreciation of a good humanism that enriches the Holy Spirit, perhaps... uh, reading novels that broaden the mind and also, at least indirectly, lead to a greater spirit of contemplation. 
And also, it's not a bad thing, but we shouldn't be morose. Uh, whether we're young or whether we're older, we're all young in spirit. It is a healthy thing, as long as we're not macabre or morose, that my life is finite, that we are all mortal, and more than wringing our hands in fear and in panic, the Lord is telling me, well, the, the game of life has a certain amount of quarters, and there's no overtime. There's a, a finality to everyone's life, and that's a good thing. If it helps me make proper use of my time, make exercise a healthy time management, which includes serious prayer, serious repentance, a greater focus on the needs of others, a realization that I need to take advantage of every single day and to be in the moment because I don't know the day and the hour. And when I meet the Lord, I want to meet him with my spiritual hands replete with many, many deeds of love. So that when he goes over that other parable of judgment, when I was hungry, when I was thirsty, when I was alone, when I was naked, that we visited him, we gave him food, we gave him drink, we covered him up through my life of piety, through helping those in need, to just loving those around me. We can close this reflection, first of all, asking the Blessed Mother, asking St. Joseph, asking St. Maria to intercede that this time of crisis be an occasion, a medium for a more profound conversion as we find ourselves in the middle of Lent. Everything's providential. God has permitted that. But at the same time, we pray that the Lord put an end to this trial and that uh, a resolution, a remedy for this uh, pandemic um, come as soon as God wants and as soon as possible at the same time and that the economies throughout the world, our economy, but the economies throughout the world recover and that we, come, we all come out of this converted, more spiritual, more focused on the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, pray for us. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help and put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.